Ladies and gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Simon Head from Rochester in the UK, Chamakos Sandu from Toronto in Canada. And before we go anywhere else, I need to hand over to the happiest man in UK MMA media. I know he's in Canada, I know he's in Toronto, but Tottenham Hotspur fan, Chamakos Sandu, the floor is yours. Did you see the, did you see the match, so did you, did you watch I, it? I saw the highlights. I, I tell you what, that felt pretty damn good, but it's that vicious. <laughs> it's that it's that vicious cycle, and I, and I tweeted it. It's like Spurs. It's like they give up hope, and then you start to get encouraged by you know what they're doing, and then all of a sudden things start crum crumbling down again. And it's that vicious cycle, and we're at that cycle, that stage now of this current uh, cycle of getting our hopes up again. Because man, Harry Kane, who was linked to be bought by Man City last summer during the transfer window for what in excess of 100 million for one reason or another it didn't happen and he bangs in two goals including the winner in stoppage time at the etihad it just doesn't get any better than that well i mean it was an it was a stoppage time penalty for them and then yeah. and then you go back and and two two minutes later into stoppage time harry kane job done it's the hope and, that kills you, isn't it? It's the hope it that kills you, though. Yeah, exactly. But it, what it means is, that as a neutral, it's like the title race is now completely wide open with a, with a few yeah. months left of the season. So exciting times in the Premier League. Yeah, I had to, I had to open with that because I I, yeah. I just knew I appreciate that, you would be, that. I knew you'd be buzzing, and I deliberately didn't mention it before we came on air. So uh, yeah, a big weekend for Mr. Sandu and Spurs. I won't talk about how Gillingham did at the weekend. We'll just, we'll just go past that. But we had a load of MMA, a load of combat sport over the weekend. We will do our best to give you a whistle-stop tour through as much of it as possible on this week's show. But let's kick things off, first off, Sandu, with the UFC Apex, with UFC Fight Night 201, and with the emergence of a new light heavyweight contender, Jamal Hill, knocking out Johnny Walker in stunning fashion. Halfway through the first round, oh my goodness. What a KO. Kevin Ioli, who has seen more fights than I've had hot dinners, tweeted to say it was one of the best knockouts he's ever seen. And this is a guy who's covered combat sports for the best part of 40 years. That was a huge KO and a huge KO in the career of Jamal Hill. Sandu, I can only imagine the traffic that that knockout clip was doing on the, on the social after that one went live. That is what you're looking for, Simon. Main event, an absolutely stellar knockout to close the show. My goodness, Jamal Hill's nickname is Sweet Dreams. There was nothing sweet about the dreams he provided Johnny Walker after that knockout. My goodness. And the way, and I think from what Kevin, Kevin Ioli was kind of like talking about there, I think it was the manner of which Johnny Walker just kind of like fell back and, and hit the canvas and talk about getting folded like a deck chair it was just incredible and in many ways the way this event and this particular main event came about was almost the perfect situation for jamal hill it almost became like a showcase situation for him where he's in his first main event he gets that highlight real knockout okay yes the buzz going into last weekend's card wasn't the greatest but light heavyweight is a division that needs new names needs new blood needs new contenders and we've got now got one now with Jamal Hill and and I've already seen you know him say on on social media he's had a bit of back and forth with one Volkan Ozdemir and apparently let's see how this all plays out in the coming days but it sounds as though Jamal Hill's already got a contract 
to fight Volcanoes Demir in the not too distant future. So there could be a very, very quick turnaround there for Jamal Hill, which is incredible. But what a what a great moment for him. An unfortunate situation for Johnny Walker, who just got brutally knocked out. Obviously, he's a very entertaining fighter. You know, you see his walkouts. You know, he loves the camera. He's he's he loves being an entertainer. But that was a, that was a pretty bad one, if I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he had a bit of a moment, didn't he, earlier in his career, Johnny Walker, where people were hyping him up as potentially the guy to go in there and topple John Jones and end his reign at the top of the 205-pound division. That's a long time ago. It feels like an absolute age ago. And unfortunately, we're now at that point where Johnny Walker is no longer really a legit top-level contender. He's in that mid-pack sort of position. He was ranked number 10 going in. Jamal Hill will undoubtedly leapfrog him in the UFC rankings that are due to come out later today. He'll be a top 10 fighter going into this week, Jamal Hill. Johnny Walker, it's a tough one to know where he goes because he's a big guy at 205. He certainly can't make middleweight. But at 205 pounds, he's struggling to really crack that upper echelon of the division. As for Jamal Hill, Volkan Ozdemir, it's a decent enough matchup. It's not the one that I would have chased if I was him. I thought someone like Dominic Reyes would have been a more interesting stylistic matchup. But you beat Volkan Ozdemir, who's been in there with the likes of Daniel Cormier in the past. That's just another skin on the wall as you make your way up the division. But don't sleep on the big Swiss. He's got some knockout power. His form isn't the best right now, but he's a dangerous man to be in there with. And uh, if Jamal Hill can get the win against him, then uh, it really is time to strap the rocket boosters to him and throw him in with the big guys at the top of the division. Because as you say, it is a division that needs new blood. We've got the oldest first-time champion in UFC history in Glover Teixeira at the top of that division. Just, just through age, we know that he isn't going to stay there forever. He's not going to be there for a huge amount of time. And you look at the list of contenders, we're looking for new blood coming up. And maybe Jamal Hill is the guy. He looks like he's got the right mentality for it. And that was a huge performance from him. But Sandu, how how far away do you think he is potentially from being able to fight for the title? We talked about how the division needs new blood, how perhaps it needs new contenders. Could he be in there with a shot of a, you know, with it in with a shout of a title shot within, say, two more fights? Do you think if the UFC book him right? I think that sounds about right to me, especially if this Volkan Ozdemir fight comes around. I mean, Ozdemir himself is a former title challenger. He went up against DC Daniel Cormier and came up short. But yeah, why not? Especially if Jamal Hill can get that Ozdemir fight maybe within the next couple of months. After that, maybe a kind of number one contender fight towards the end of the year. I think two fights at the least, maybe three at the most. And and if he continues to to perform the way he did this past weekend, get finishes and get knockouts and, and continues to build his profile, I think he could be challenging for the title within the next 12 months. Yeah, it was, it was one of those fight cards where all eyes were on that main event. Of course, all the other fights on the card were relevant to the fighters' careers, but... That was the one fight that had championship uh, ramifications to it. Maybe not immediately, but perhaps further down the line. And Jamal Hill has certainly done himself no harm whatsoever. It was a fun night of fights on Saturday night. Carl Dorcas winning by submission in the co-main event and giving himself a new nickname, Sandu. I love it. He wins by Darce Choke. He wants to be called the Darce Knight. The only thing better than that was if he'd have called himself Darce Vader. I don't know why nobody has called themselves Darce Vader. But the Darce night's not too bad, but a good night for him 
Anybody else or anything else leap off that fight card from Saturday night? Obviously, you were on the social for BT. Yeah, a couple of bits and pieces. I, th- I thought Jim Miller, you know, defeating Nicholas Motta via TKO. I mean, here's a guy that fought at UFC 100, UFC 200, has aspirations of fighting at UFC 300, which is not too far away, if we're being honest. We're talking a couple of years at the most. And it's just great to see one of the OGs who was already in the UFC by the time I'd start covering the sport. And it's still Miller time. It's still Miller time, Simon. So great to see a veteran like Jim Miller, you know, still show that, you know, yes, he's not going to be competing for a championship, a championship or, you know, um, you know, in the, in the, I guess, the run-in to try and even get into it, the title picture. But he's there. He's fighting the young guns. I mean, Nicholas Motta, I think, was making his UFC debut. And the disparity in terms of experience between the two was clearly evident in how Jim Miller was able to win that fight. And then the other one I thought was fantastic was David Onoma. His knockout of Gabriel Benitez was the other big KO of the entire night. I mean, it was up there, in my opinion, with Jamal Hill's knockout of, of Johnny Walker. And um, just to see another, you know, fighter, you know, get on the, um, you know, cards and, and get a good knockout, I thought was interesting. The one fight, Simon, I don't know if, if you feel the same way as I do, that was really surprising to me was how Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan played out. It ended up going all three rounds to the judges' scorecards. I would have but put good money on this being an early one i, I would have, I I would have put I good did. money i did, did. You? <laughs> i did yeah after saying on the podcast judge is not needed this is guaranteed to not go to distance therefore the head curse kicks in and it goes to the judges but the fact i even put money on it not going the distance just absolutely rubber stamped it it was <laughs> as, soon, as soon as as soon as my money went on with bet 365 that was it no chance that that fight was going to be stopped inside the distance because yeah, that's just that's just the way I do things, and I just curse stuff. Well, I tell you what. Um, yes, it wasn't a knockout. Yes, there was no finish in that fight. That I think everyone expected to see one. I have to say though, I thought Joaquin Buckley showed a bit of maturity there. You know, you're not going to be able to win every single fight with that high highlight reel knockout or that spectacular finish. Sometimes you have to grind it out, especially when you're going up against someone who's bringing the same kind of skill set to the table. You know, Abdul Razak Al Hassan has got a plethora of KOs on his resume as well. So, and also, I like how Joaquin Buckley conducted himself. You had Dale Howard there in his corner, who's a bit of an internet viral sensation. But at the same time, he's already kind of come out and said, listen, you know, I want to fight other people that are bringing something to the table, whether that be a big social media following or just something. And, and, and I like that because, you know, if, you, if the person you're fighting is also a bit of a needle mover or, or is getting a bit of buzz, all it means is the spotlight on your particular fight is going to be greater. And if you're able to get that win, it's going to mean a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, he, he, he seems to be switched on to what is needed. If you're not going to be fighting the very top guys at this point, you need to do something to just separate yourself from the pack and be the guy that people tune in for earlier in the night. And he's doing a good job of that so far. He's got the viral KO nice and early in his UFC career, and now he's just trying to back that up with strong performances, and he did that on Saturday night. Now, we're talking about emerging talent on the on the UFC fight card, Sandu. We had two old stages of the fight game going head-to-head in Manchester, Kel Brook and Amir Khan in a fight that, if I'm honest with you, should have happened about eight years ago. And going into fight night, I wasn't as excited about this fight as a lot of people seem to be. I just thought, yeah, 
I had sort of Pacquiao Mayweather kind of vibes about it insofar as, yeah, this would have been great if they'd have booked it when they were both at their peak. Amir Khan, I don't think he's anywhere near at his peak. Kel Brook, I think he's past his best as well. But they put on a hell of a fight in the Manchester Arena, Sandu, and it was Kel Brook who proved that the punch power is the last thing to go. That was the difference maker on the night. Sixth round TKO finish. And uh, you were able to watch it live, I understand. I did watch it live. And I, I, I know that a lot of people perhaps were a little unhappy with how the fight was stopped. Uh, the referee kind of just waving it off in in that sixth round. But I thought the referee did a pretty good job, if I'm being honest with you, because let's be honest, it was one-way traffic. You know, Amir Khan just was never really in the fight. He landed a couple of punches here and there, but Kel Brook landed the more powerful shots, the more consistent shots, you know, wobbled Amir Khan early. And, you know, Amir Khan has really helped over the last 20 years or so, helped elevate British boxing, especially for the the Asian community uh, in, in the UK. And, you know, he, he's done it all pretty much. If you look at the fights he's had, where he's fought, the money he's made, he's legitimately become one of the big boxing superstars, especially from the UK. But I think it's time to hang it up. I think it's time that he hangs up those gloves. He's had an incredible career. He's got all the heart in the world, Simon. But, you know, age is uh father time rather is undefeated and, and i just think that you know the skills that he had you know seven eight nine ten years ago just aren't there anymore and uh, kel brook obviously can you know parlay this into perhaps another big payday and maybe a, a big fight with eubank at some point down the road but um i thought in general i thought it was spectacular it sounds as though and it looked as though the manchester arena was absolutely packed to the rafters and that's always good to see and for me time zone wise it actually ended up working out pretty great you know watching it nice and early uh, in the day and i guess that was the first major boxing event of the year especially from a uk perspective um to really kind of go a little bit global where i felt online on social media everybody was talking about the fight yeah and obviously we're largely talking about mixed martial arts on this podcast but when it comes to those big boxing nights. I don't think there is a country in the world that does it better than the UK. The way that the fans are just so into the fights, the atmosphere in the arena, there's something very, very special about a big fight night in the UK. And we'll see that when the UFC come to town and we'll see that when Bellator come to town later this year. The British fight fans are a different breed. They really are. And the atmosphere they generate is absolutely top draw. And we saw that on Saturday night in Manchester. But uh, you were watching that. I was getting ready for a late night stint, Sandu. We had Bellator. Bellator 274 came to us from the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, where we saw Logan, Stor Logan Storley defeat Neiman Gracie and really put himself in with a shout of a shot at the, of the Bellator welterweight title. He beat Gracie 48, 47, 50, 45, 49, 46. I scored it 49, 46. And he's next in line to face the winner of MVP and Yaroslav Amosov. Storley's only career loss coming to Yaroslav Amosov via split decision. And Amosov is undefeated. So you know that this guy is legit and can go with him. Will it be him or will it be MVP? We will find out when Bellator come to London in May. Also about to be added to that card, if stories are to be believed, Former champion Andrei Koreshkov 
who absolutely destroyed Chance Rencounter with a spinning back kick that broke five of Rencounter's ribs in the first 38 seconds of the fight card. Uh, sorry, of, of the of the co-main event. Unbelievable performance from him. And he immediately called out Paul Daly. He wants to be Paul Daly's retirement fight in London. And it looks as if that is going to happen. So watch the skies on that. It looks as if that one's going to get booked. Our friend Michael Morgan has already put it out there that he's had uh, sources close to Bellator basically telling him that that fight is going to happen. So we could have MVP and Paul Daly on the same fight card in London in May. That will be insane. And uh, yeah, it was a good night all round. And one more line from that event, Sandu. The return of Brennan Ward, an unbelievable story. He's been out of the sport for more than four years, uh, battling serious, serious drug addiction. And he came back and looked like a million bucks. He looked absolutely superb. Got a second round TKO mm. of Brandon Bell. And uh, it was so good to see him back in there. And uh, he's happy to be the gatekeeper at 170 pounds. He said, give me all the young guys. Let's see if they, you know, if they want to test themselves against me. But to see a guy actually be taken away from the sport through personal problems and to fight through some of the lowest, hardest tests that he could ever wish to face and then bounce back and then get back in the cage and perform the way he did was something very, very special indeed. It was an emotional moment in the Bellator cage. But it was a fun night of fights on Saturday at Bellator and it finished absolutely perfectly for me to then jump over and watch the... Uh, the prime, the prime time fights from uh, from the UFC. It all worked out quite nicely. So that was Bellator 274, and we've got Bellator 275 coming this weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Sandu, it wasn't the only combat sport on offer. We've had boxing, we've had MMA, we had a bit of bare knuckle as well. We did. BKFC had their Knuckle Mania 2 event, and... From an MMA perspective, there were a couple of notable guys, which is obviously, you know, something that BKFC are leading into and they have done so right from the beginning is to try and get ex-UFC fighters involved in some way, shape or form. We had uh, Chad Money Mendez, Simon, with a fourth round TKO of Joshua Alvarez. That was uh, Chad Mendez making his uh, BKFC debut and, you know, He's been in the news, you know, telling people and telling the media that, you know, for this fight and for what he's doing for BKFC, he's getting paid, according to him, more than current UFC champions. And it's a, it's a very unique and interesting situation here, Simon, because Mendez is now under contract and fighting for BKFC, but he's still at the same time also still under contract with the UFC. So the UFC have essentially allowed him to go and fight for Bare Knuckle FC. But it's not always an apples-to-apples apples comparison in terms of how other fighters are able to do things and not do things. Obviously, the big one right now is Francis Ngannou of the last couple of years has, has wanted to, to box. There's a Tyson Fury fight happening, you know, potentially happening there for him and on, on, on a silver platter. But yeah, I feel like it's always a different rule. and it, Maybe it comes down to what your contractual situation is, your relationships with the UFC brass, whether you're even still interested in fighting in MMA. Are you a draw? Are you a champion? Are you a former champion? So many variables that are, in, are included there. But I have to say, Chad Mendes looked like a million dollars physically. He looks like he hasn't really lost a step in terms of getting that finish. Feels like bare knuckle FC is going to suit him right down to a tee. Because he's got that fight 
fast right overhand right. Um, so so that was the first thing, Simon. And then obviously the big fight that everybody was looking forward to was Platinum Mike Perry making his BKFC debut as well, taking on Julian Let Me Bang Bro Lane. And interestingly, I don't think this one would, would go to the distance, if I'm being honest with you, but it did. And uh, Mike Perry ended up getting a unanimous decision on the judges' scorecards after going the full five rounds. And so BKFC have got, you know, a, a former title challenger in Chad Mendes on their roster. They've got a big-time character in Mike Perry also on their books. And, you know, BKFC slowly but surely, Simon, even though they don't really get my eyeballs, so to speak, like if I've got nothing else to do and I, if, if I'm finished watching UFC and perhaps Bellator, and I did, by the way, uh, catch uh, the the main event, the Bellator main event on Saturday. I thought it was a really, really you know, interesting main event in terms of how it played out, action packed. But um, but yeah, listen, I look, at, I pay attention to social media, and it, and it felt like BKFC were were moving the needle here and there on on a plethora of different platforms. So it seems to be seems to me rather that they they seem to be stable, they seem to be growing. There doesn't seem to be any uh, fighters coming out of these situations where they're not getting paid or there doesn't seem to be too much disgruntlement with the the organizers and the, and the promoters and, the, and the, the brass there. So they seem to be doing their thing and kind of fitting into the overall combat sports landscape there. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the former UFC fighters there. One of their champions is Thiago Alves. And it looks as if Platinum Mike Perry versus Thiago Alves may be the next big fight that we see from BKFC. Obviously, once uh, Mike Perry heals up, that is the problem with bare knuckle fighting. Everybody is an absolute wreck at the end of a fight. Their hands are completely mashed up. They're normally cut to ribbons as well. It's a tough, tough sport. I mean, MMA is a tough sport. But in terms of the physical damage that is done to your body, in terms of broken broken bones in your hand and just cuts and potential broken bones in your face. It seems like bare knuckle is the one where you need a bit more downtime afterwards just to let everything everything heal up. So being able to turn your fighters around quickly is something that they might struggle to do. But Mike Perry is absolutely tailor-made for that promotion. He is, if you were looking for an MMA fighter to move into bare knuckle, you would pick Platinum Mike Perry. He is, he's the absolute dictionary definition of a bare knuckle fighter if you sort of open the book there he is bare knuckle mike perry so and it looks like he might be fighting for a belt next time round. and uh, i will certainly be keeping close eye on that one but uh yeah the bare knuckle i didn't think bare knuckle would last as long as it has and it, as you say it seems to have found a little niche for itself and uh they're doing they're doing good business that wasn't a pay-per-view at the weekend they're now putting stuff out via subscription on their app and then they're they're doing the really big events which I assume Perry versus Alves would be, uh, they'll do those as pay-per-views. But uh, yeah, loads of combat sport going on this past weekend. And we got loads coming up this weekend, Sandu. We got one championship on Friday. That fight card is mad. Check that one out if you are free during the day or early on, on your side of the pond, Sandu. We got KSW on Saturday with Britain's own Field of Freeze putting his KSW heavyweight title on the line. But it really is all about Bellator and the UFC. Let's talk about the UFC first off, because that's the one that's going to garner uh, most of the eyeballs on, on your side of the pond. And it's a big opportunity for Bobby Green. It wasn't 
five minutes ago, we saw him absolutely doing the business in the octagon against Nazrat Hakparas at UFC 271. And now, just 14 days later, he's going to be stepping in to his first ever UFC main event against Islam Makachev in an absolutely huge fight at 155 pounds. Big opportunity for him. But that is a tough ask for Bobby King Green. Tell you what, Simon, closed mouths don't get fed. And we talked about Bobby Green, you know, being one of the um, the big stories from UFC 271, just in terms of how he conducted himself, his walkout, his post-fight interview, his overall demeanor and energy during the fight. And it feels like Bobby Green's kind of like, you know, been starting to put it all together over the last couple of years. And for him to turn around within a matter of weeks and take on, let's be honest, one of the best 155 pound 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 let me get my words out one of the best 155 pound fighters in the world even though this will be contested at a catch weight of 160 pounds you just got to tip your cap off to him he is literally anytime anywhere any place and it's a big opportunity for him and and you know yes he's stepping up but he also knows that if things go right you know, he's going to shock the world. He's in a main event slot situation here. And before we kind of go into the fight between him and, and Makhachev, have to say, just feel absolutely terrible for Benil Dariush. Um, just was so looking forward to that fight between him and Makhachev. He's injured. Don't really know when we're going to get to see him come back. And he's been on an absolute tear himself, putting together an incredible win streak. But back to the fight, Simon, Makhachev and Green. Look, we know that Bobby Green is going to be a massive underdog going into this fight. And and even Makachev for accepting it, because let's, for, let's be honest, Islam's now looking to, to fight for a championship and Bobby Green's way behind him in the pecking order. So even a win, and a dominant win over Green doesn't exactly, you know, on paper, you know, perhaps give him what he's looking for, which is a, a path right to a title fight. It almost kind of reminds me a little bit of Leon Edwards over the last couple of years where, you know, he's had to take some fights that doesn't really help him in terms of the pecking order and rankings, but it keeps him busy and it keeps him active and it, it keeps him in the mix, so to speak, and keeps people talking about him and allows him to continue this win streak. And I think that's the, the best case scenario in terms of what Islam Makachev can, can take away from what happens this upcoming weekend because he is not, in my opinion, going to be able to fight for a title coming off a win against Bobby Green. But a, another win over Bobby Green, and and hopefully for, for Makachev's sake, it's a, a definitive situation where he can get a finish, parlay that into perhaps one more fight in the summer or in the autumn. And then after that, I think, as long as it's with the right opponent, perhaps maybe even rebooking the fight with Benil Dariush, then he could be looking at a title shot. But at the same time, if I'm Makachev, I should not be overlooking Bobby Green whatsoever because Bobby Green's pretty much come out and said, listen, I'm going to go up to his face like a gangster. I'm going to punch him in his face. So Bobby Green's going to be in the front, front foot. He's going to try and apply the pressure. And honestly, Bobby Green's has come out of the situation last weekend, Simon, where he's barely unscathed he's just put in a camp he is sharp he's already been 15 minutes with another fighter so he m must be in, in pretty good spirits and we've seen this in the past as well where some fighters have done quick turnarounds because they're in shape there's no injuries they're good to go and and all of a sudden if you can get two or three wins within a couple of months of each other that's a, a, an easy way for people to start you know talking about you moving up the ranks and what have you but i think what this has done is injected a bit of personality and it's injected a bit of hype going into this week. Even the UFC fight poster, I don't know if you saw it, Simon, but that dropped 
earlier on uh, today. And I'm like, wow, that's actually a pretty good, pretty cool fight night poster. And I don't really say that too often these days. But yeah, Markachev and Bobby Green should be lots of fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad you mentioned the Leon Edwards thing because that is exactly what I thought this week. Just looking at it because Islam Makachev's record is is impeccable, right? He, I think he got he got beat earlier on in his in his UFC career, and he's been absolutely flawless since then. The only knock on his record a few months ago or a year or so ago was that he wasn't getting the finishes. He's now getting the finishes, so he's doing everything that's asked of him. They gave him the top contender fight that they could give him based on how the division was panning out in, in Benil Dariush. Great stylistic matchup in, in order to really showcase his grappling ability against another elite grappler, and then the fight falls through. And now he's got a fight where, even if he goes out there and absolutely smokes Bobby Green, people are just going to go, well, it was Bobby Green and he fought two weeks ago, and Bobby Green isn't ranked in the top 10. So he's, he's, in, he's in all sorts of trouble, really, in terms of what he can get out of it. All he can do is stand still. He literally has to win impressively to stand still. Anything short of winning impressively, it's going to damage his reputation and maybe put a bit more of a gap between him and the guys ahead of him in the eyes of some of the people who are assessing his stock in the UFC lightweight division. If you're Bobby Green, this is this is this is like a winning lottery ticket. You know, this is a shot to nothing for him. He can go in there, he's fresh. He's not like he's taken the fight short notice off zero training he is match fit he is fight fit he has done everything he's been in there and done the business just two weeks ago as you say unscathed he's in prime physical condition everything's firing he's on form and he's got momentum and momentum is everything in this sport if he goes in there and gets a couple of rounds in the bank and can keep the fight standing this is going to get very interesting I just don't see how he keeps the fight standing against Islam Makachev because he's just so relentless. If he can find a way to keep it upright, then this gets very interesting very quickly. But it's a huge opportunity for him because even if he goes the distance and looks competitive in this fight, his stock will rise. And he, you know, we might get a situation where even coming off a defeat, he might end up moving up the rankings himself. So it's one of those, I don't think he can come out of it particularly negatively at all. Izan Makachev, as I say, he's got to just look really good just to stand still. So it's a tricky situation for him. And as, as you mentioned, Leon Edwards has been in similar positions in the past. Looking down the rest of the fight card, it's a bit like the fight card we had last weekend, Sandy, where it really is about that main event. Got some interesting names on there. Armin Sarukian, I think, is massively underrated at 155. He's taking on uh, Yo Alvarez, who is an up-and-coming talent from Spain. That'll be a good matchup, but really it's about that main event, isn't it? I don't know if there's too much else uh, that we want to deep dive into on this fight card, but something we should have a dive into, Sandu, is what's going to happen the night before. Dublin, Ireland, the three arena, one of the best arenas to watch MMA in anywhere in the world is going to play host to Bellator 275. Gegard Masasi in the main event against Austin Vanderford, undefeated number one contender. He's 11-0. Gegard Masasi has had 57 career fights. That is mad. And he is looking as good as he's ever looked. That'll be a great fight in the main event. And we had some breaking news earlier today. The co-main event, which is a fight that I was really looking forward to seeing. Peter Queeley, he of the iconic walkout at the Three Arena. The showstopper has been injured 
in the lead up to the fight with Kane Musa from Manchester. That fight, which was going to be the co-main event, has been pulled from the card, which is a real disappointment. But uh, there's a load of interest on this card. Liam McCourt and Sinead Kavanagh and a whole load of other talent on the card. But we've both been in that arena watching fights, Sandu. There aren't too many better places in the world to watch fights, right? There certainly aren't. And you can bet your bottom dollar that there's going to be at least a couple of really epic walkouts where the music hits, the lights go out, and the fans will be singing the song in unison. And it's going to give you goosebumps. That's just what the three arena does. That's just what the Irish fans give you. And I'm so happy that Bellator have been able to go back to Dublin on on a fairly consistent basis, even with COVID and everything. Like the UFC just now coming back to London, but Bellator have been fairly consistent, not just in the UK and Ireland, but across Europe. And that is definitely a market that they've been trying to compete as best as they can with the UFC. Now in the States, it feels like they're kind of really go back and forth between the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut on the East Coast and then the uh, the San Jose Arena in California. And then perhaps they'll go to Inglewood in LA. But in, in Europe, if they feel they can, they can go to a few different markets, they can sell out arenas, they've got draws, they've got lots of local talent and local fighters that are able to shift tickets and then really help pack out those arenas and, and you know, really put on some uh, some really memorable atmospheres for their fights. Like even the London card coming up, you've got MVP main event, you've got Paul Daly's retirement fight. I mean, that alone should be enough for... The, the 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 event to sell out and for them to have an, a real you know amazing atmosphere but yeah i'm looking forward to it simon i think it's gonna be another good weekend of of, of, of mma and combat sports and you know better tour in, in ireland time zone wise will be nice and early for everybody here in north america and uh, the ufc are going to be coming with let's be honest maybe the next lightweight champion in Islam makachev putting on perhaps another showcase and and who knows maybe bobby green simon you know, parlays what he's done a couple of weeks ago and keeps that momentum train chugging on along nicely and shocks the world. You know, this is the thing about Bobby Green. He is not holding back. He's going to literally unload the clip and Islam Makachev is going to have an absolute fight on his hands. Yeah, I'm buzzing for that fight. I'm so excited that he's got the opportunity. And uh, yeah, talking about Dublin, amazing place to watch fights. Minor disappointment is I'm not going to be over there to watch them live. I'm normally over there for them, but uh, schedules meant I couldn't quite make it for this one. And one other piece of piece of uh, information I just wanted to drop. You mentioned Bellator London and we've mentioned UFC London. I know there's probably a few concerns out there about the status of UFC London. People may have seen what happened to the O2 Arena during Storm Eunice, the, the, the big... Uh, big, big uh, hurricane effectively that hit the UK, tore parts of the roof off the O2 arena. So there's big gaping holes in what is the roof of the O2 because it's basically a, an enormous tent, an enormous domed tent, the uh, the O2. Doesn't affect the actual arena itself. Uh, Brad Wharton, Cage Warriors commentator, was very quick to put that on social media. Uh, and I retweeted that it doesn't affect the internal arena. It does obviously affect the walkway around the edge of that arena. And I think they cancelled a couple of gigs from the rapper Dave, who is due to perform this this past weekend and tonight. I think they've cancelled tonight. But I understand that from this coming weekend onwards, they're confident that they can still hold their events in the arena as per usual. So given the fact that UFC London is still a month away, things should be all okay for things to go ahead as planned with the UFC. That would have been a disaster, having lost the UFC just, by, uh, just, just as the pandemic hit. 
two years ago to then lose the comeback event as well would have been absolutely terrible. But fear not, it looks as if things are trending in the right direction for that. But Sandu, I think that might be pretty much all we have for uh, the listeners on this week's show. How can everyone make sure they keep in touch and make sure they're following the right channels as we look to transition this thing to video in the, in the weeks ahead? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to go to, guys, is the BritPackMMA.com. That's our website. That's headquarters. That's the place that you can find everything else, all the links to everything. And here are all the links. We're available on Apple and we're available on Spotify. You can rate and review on those platforms, both those platforms now, which is which is really helpful. So if you can do that, if you take 30 seconds out on you know Spotify, if you're listening there, or, or an Apple podcast, if you're listening there, take out 30 seconds, rate and review us, because it really helps us get elevated and promoted in those specific algorithms and, and helps us find, hopefully, a new audience. But YouTube is where we're at. We are tweaking things, we're tinkering around, we're continuously testing things on the back end so that when we do go to video, it's looking chef's kiss for you guys. But if you can go there now, subscribe to the channel. We're there, all the podcasts, all the archive, all our past shows are all there in audio format. And hey, even if you just like to listen to podcasts via YouTube, well, we've got that option for you as well. And of course, you can always follow Simon, myself and the show on social media. And like I said, the links to that can be found at our website, thebritpackmma.com. Yeah, a busy, busy weekend we've just had. Another busy weekend is coming down the line. Regardless of the event you're watching, enjoy the fights this weekend and we will talk to you next week. Yeah.